Hi, I'm Jared Fuller. Welcome to Scratching the Surface. How does a design change once it's entered the world? How is the experience of being inside a building different than looking at images of the building on an architect's website? How do the ways we communicate and share our work influence the perception of it? And perhaps most importantly, how do we represent this reality of the lived experience of the built world? For the last almost 20 years, Ila Becca and Luis Lemuen have been tackling these questions through filmmaking. Trained as architects and art, art historians, Becca and Lemuen's films have punctured the dominant discourse around architecture and the built world in an attempt to present a more authentic, a more accurate, a more human portrayal of the spaces we inhabit. Their first film, the quietly provocative uh, Cool House House Life from 2003, goes inside Rem Coolhouse's famous residential home as it follows the housekeeper to understand the daily rituals, maintenance, and lived experience of that building. Their films have increased in scale and in scope, giving a glimpse of our environment that we rarely see in monographs or portfolios, let alone in cinema. In this conversation with Becca and Lemuen, we talk about why filmmaking allows for new forms of architectural discourse, how their work functions as a type of design criticism, and how to close the gap between the idealized imagery and the authentic lived experience. Scratching the Surface is funded through our Patreon. Patreon supporters get bonus interviews, full transcripts, an exclusive monthly newsletter, and more. Students can support the show for just $3 a month, and we also offer additional tiers at $5 and $10 a month that come with additional bonus content. Head over to patreon.com slash surface podcast to sign up and get immediate access to all of all of those resources. We really appreciate your support. We, it truly helps keep the show going. Thanks so much for listening, and here is my conversation with Ila Becca and Luis Lemwin. I was watching an interview that you had given recently, and in the interview, you said something to the effect of you'd like to remain outsiders and many in many different disciplines. Your work sort of spans nonfiction kind of documentary film. It's architecture. It's sort of social sciences and ethnography. It's a type of video art. You're sort of moving between all of these. And I'm wondering how you describe your work to other people now, you know, whether that's you're at a party and someone asks what you do, or, you know, when you're sort of being introduced at a lecture, simply, how do you dis- define your work? Or how do you talk about these films that you're making? It's always a, it's always a difficulty, honestly, because, uh, you know, as any in any kind of discipline, we need uh, categories, we need uh, I, uh, I, easy uh, identifications or we need to put you in a sort of very clear uh, case or and and it's true that for now almost 20 years we have been working because of also our backgrounds which are diverse I mean Ila has trained as an architect but he doesn't do the architect I trained as an art historian but I left that behind as well of course we brought in our practice all what we have behind and we made a sort of mix with uh, all our interests and uh, and uh, skills and everything. But at the end, we ended up making a 
films in a very free way and because of the thing of the uh, of our production way of our way of producing films which is out of any kind of structured uh, context which is not looking for you know the normal cinema funding system etc but working more as video artists with art commissions etc we we don't belong to any of these uh, streams or let's say networks that's it and and i think when you are a, a producing artist or a producing uh, um, filmmaker any any kind of active uh, individual in the field of uh, filmmaking in some ways uh, your production system defines where you belong but as each of our films invent a little bit its uh, productive production system we don't belong to one specific place but we like like bridging and and jumping from one place to another and that's on our side we think it's uh, it's enriching but it's always difficult to define ourselves to people who are not follow that kind of uh, flexibility so it's not an easy uh, i cannot give an easy answer to that i expected that and i was sort of that that sort of cross-disciplinarity that you're speaking of is sort of what i was expecting and what what i think i'm drawn to in in your work and you mentioned both of your backgrounds and, and maybe now is a good time to just sort of talk about those and how those influence the filmmaking, Ila, you were trained as an architect. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about, <laughs> Louise said something, to, I, for, I forget the exact phrase she used, but she was like, he's trained as an architect, but is not an architect anymore, or does not do architecture. Can, can you talk a little bit about that trajectory and sort of that frustration that you maybe had studying architecture and working as an architect? Yeah, because uh, I would say that since the beginning, I, I knew that I will not be not be an architect at the end. But, uh, okay. But uh, yeah, I'm not an architect in the sense that I, I'm not building uh, physical things. <laughs> right. But there's many architects they don't do that. So right. in I'm, I'm I'm not in a, an architect because I, I'm uh, I'm I have a, a kind of distance. I think that. Uh, not so many architects have uh, with architecture, and it's a distance that is related what uh, with, with uh, what Louise just said that uh, we are not in a, in a, in, a, in a perfect category in a perfect field. Right. Of, uh, you know how to act to to, to 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 build your career. We don't have to build a career. We don't, we don't know how to build a career. <laughs> right. We don't know where we are going in a sense. We are making things that uh, we are interested in, but uh, once is a, is a film making, once another one is a book, another one is a, something else. But uh, we have just something in mind, I think, and not not belonging to these categories gives us uh, freedom. A, a, we mm. all the freedom, but also that give us a, a kind of distance, not to understand better what we want to do, and not, not how we have to act to be the best in that category. And what we are, we want to do is a kind of reflection. In my case, for example, it's a reflection about the power of architecture. And right. I, I, I realize, realize studying architecture and being concerned by architecture, that the, the architecture has an incredible power that is uh, 
completely sous-estimated, uh, underestimated from from uh, everyone, from people, from uh, from all the citizen because uh, we live in, in a in an artificial uh, environment that we build ourselves as a we when i say we is a, as, as mm -hmm. a, human beings we have const we have we have built everything we we live in cities that we are 100% built before by uh, being born so we will we spend all our lives in a, in an artificial uh, environment and that this artificial environment we build it ourselves so it's incredible how we are shaped also by this uh, this environment and uh, and so architecture is a uh, is, is the result of uh, is not the result is the tool to change uh, this environment and so and so on to change ourselves but we are not we don't know it we don't know it because also because once once it, it, we are very interesting also in this, we don't we don't teach to to children, uh, for instance, or even to other people what is the power of uh, of the architecture, what is the power of uh, creating a, a, a good environment. And so we can we, you, when you go you go to school. I, we always say this: when you go to school, you can learn mathematics uh, or, mm -hmm. or, or languages or or science, uh, everything, but never, no one will talk to you about what is a space, how to be, to, to, to be conscious, to be aware of being in the space, and uh, how to be conscious also about the quality of the space. That's for me, when I studied architecture, that's for me was the big question, the very big question of, of, of my years studying architecture is uh, why no one is talking about this, talking about not how to, to build a, a, a good building, but how to, to know if you are good or not, if you feel good <laughs> in a space. You know? Working on yourself more than on the buildings, more on the walls, uh, or more on the, the construction. No? Because you, you study architecture, they, you, can, you can understand very well how to, to make a beautiful technician, how to build a good building. But, uh, Never, there's no study, there's no teachers about uh, how how can I be much more aware of my feelings inside the space, and this is for me is the beginning of understanding everything in general and also in in architecture. If you don't know how to observe what is uh, happening around you, and also to 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 give a name to to try to define what is your feelings in that moment and how you can improve them, uh, this will be difficult to, to have a, a better environment uh, after that. So this is, is a, at the, at the, at the, really is the, the starting point for all the things we made and all the other things we are creating and try to do now. And also about from our teaching experience, we are, we are teaching in, in schools and uh, we are trying to understand why, why also in the school, school architecture, Students, they are not. They are not uh, interested in this. They are not. I would say they are very interested, but they are not. Uh, I would say trained, trained to that. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is the, the real the center of what everything we do. After that, we decided to do it with the film because uh, because I don't know. It might be a coincidence. I don't know. It's, yeah, I want to come back to that idea for a second, but I want to pick up something that that you said quickly. Um, you know, because you mentioned being in architecture school and sort of asking these questions. And I'm wondering, 
where that came from for you being 18, 19, 20, studying to become a technician, but also very aware of feeling. And you mentioned, you know, this isn't something that children are taught in school, but perhaps should be. Why was that important to you? Or where did that sort of impulse come from? Do you have any sense of that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the beginning it was because I, 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 I dreamt about uh, making architecture and a beautiful uh-huh. building. So my before before starting to study architecture, I, I had in mind this as an idea. But during my study in architecture, I always found an incredible um, uh, border between the school of architecture. I started in Venice and in Paris, and mm-hmm. uh, the school of architecture. When you enter the school of architecture, you enter in a kind of bubble where you talk about uh, wonderful architect, the best of the the. the, the elite architecture so everything is wonderful there are many geniuses uh, they're creating super good architecture and when you go out of this bubble so you go out you go home no <laughs> you, you go out mm-hmm. of school, mm-hmm. you go out of the school and what you find I- I- around you is not at all what you have learned at the school no it's completely right. it's completely different and you say wow what i'm what i'm studying I'm studying exception, no? I'm, I'm just here to study exception. The world is not built like this. Right. I don't find the same quality. I don't find... That is a good thing. It, obviously, you don't have to, <laughs> to learn at school bad things, but it's not what you see outside, no? Right, right. So the reality was really very far from uh, my studies. So I always had in mind this kind of question, say, uh, we are in the bubble, in a fiction, we live in a fiction, and mm-hmm. uh, outside, the reality is not like we are what we are studying it. And once uh, when I started, I started to read some different books, and I found some some books, uh, someone talking about this that was maybe not an architect, but a, a, a writer or a sociologist mm-hmm. or someone else. And I found some some books that were very very important for me, where they said, "Wow, there's a there's a difference between." Uh, the, the, the the architecture the, the the good lines of the architecture the architecture the, the high quality architecture and what you feel in the space and for me it was a kind of revelation because I never thought before what is so I was like all the kids they starting today and they started all the the students they starting in the school I, I never thought about what is a perception of a space what is it to live in the space how can I what can I do to, to, to be much more aware of uh, my feelings in the space. And, and I discovered incredibly, as I discovered this uh, at the end of my study, that uh, you can incredibly create very pure spaces in architecture. They are so powerful in, in, in terms of emotion that you mm-hmm. can, it's much powerful, much powerful than, than paintings, sculpture, or even the music. For me, music is the form of art that is, has the, the more, is more powerful form of art to, to create feeling, no? because it's so fast. You put, you put a sound of, of, or, or a music that you like, and immediately you can forget all your troubles, all your problems. Yeah. Yeah, feeling better, no? It's a, uh, uh, you can do also this with, I, I imagine, with drugs. I don't know, but the music is a kind of incredible, powerful drug, no? Because it can change in, in the, your reality. You can be in, uh, right. 
enthusiasm is really very, very, very fast. But this is something that I, 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 I didn't know and I didn't suspect. It's also the, the space can do all the same, the same thing. It is, that's, that's very strange. But if you, if you ask around you, no one will tell you that. No one will say, ah, when I want to, to feel something different, I go in that place or I go. Right. No, they, you don't, you never think about this. So I think we need, we need to, to be trained to this. We need to be educated to, uh, to that. And this is maybe what, what we don't want. Uh, obviously, we don't want to educate on, uh, anyone, but we want to be ourselves more, 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 um, say sensitive more sensitive yes yes i mean i i there's so much in there that i want to talk about but just you know very quickly i i had the same experience in graphic design school learning about these great graphic designers from history and these sort of pristine perfect posters or books and then you walk off the campus and you see the sign in the storefront that the store manager just made you know in microsoft word really quick to advertise something and you're like oh this is different but this is also a sort of type of design i think that that fiction that you talked about is really interesting. I want to connect this, Louise, to your background very briefly. You mentioned you studied art history, and I can't help but feel like that's something also similar. We sort of set art often apart from real life. You know, we put it in the gallery, we put it in the frame. Did you sort of arrive at similar feelings in art history, or how does that background sort of filter into your work? I, I'm not fully sure that it's really the studies I, I did uh, mm. that brought me to, to formulate what we're doing now. More, I think, we, what I brought from my studies in what we do is more the topics I was working on in a, in a research project about uh, fragmentation. And I was very interested by uh, formal questions of how to... Uh, create a, a sense of uh, unity from very fragmented forms of a very very uh, formal questions i went through mm -hmm. that then we elaborated in our editing process but um yes m maybe we we shared a very common approach uh, regarding this gap Ila was talking from mm -hmm. the let's say the mediatic perception we have of masterpieces and and or, or the mediatic creation of those masterpieces and the way representation uh, detach them from reality in a very conscious and uh, process and and on the other side what is the daily life reality of those places this is something I was very right. concerned and and, uh, and very attentive to and so that's that's a subject we discussed very quickly because uh, Ila, so when we met, already left architecture for a while. He was making uh, feature films and uh, fiction films, nothing to do with architecture, but we shared very mm. common interest in that topic. And, and so uh, we gradually elaborated uh, for uh, the first film about that precise gap and about questioning how our contemporary architecture was represented in the 
main media, let's say. So that's why we started with a, a series of films that precisely deal with those questions. Your first film was called Cool House, House Life, which you know was a famous, famous film at this point. Um, and I'm sure you're probably tired of talking about a film that's like 15 years old. But I'm wondering if you could talk about how that, um, the ideas embedded in that were a way to capture all of this that we've been talking about in this conversation. And so, you know, really briefly, just to, to sort of set this up, this is a film that is about the the famous Rem Koolhaas house that has the sort of uh, rising and lowering center platform. And it, it's interesting to me because, Luis, this, is, this was the home of your father's. And so you had a personal connection to this. Ila, you're talking about this sort of gap between you know, how we talk about architecture and then how we live in architecture. And so this is a, this is a building, this is a structure that you both actually have a sort of personal connection to. How did you arrive at this idea that like, hey, we can actually use something that we are very deeply familiar with and we can use film to wrestle with all of these questions? How did all of those come together for you in that, that first film? Yeah, I, you mentioned that uh, I have a personal connection to this place, and obviously this is something which uh, immensely influenced the way we elaborated the, the, the film and the approach and the point of view, because obviously I had this uh, um, privileged uh, situation of knowing the daily life of that place. So I was uh, the first to be extremely troubled and also... Um, let's say I was so much aware of that discrepancy between how a building was published and mediatized and, and what's its real story and how it's real daily life, let's say, and what are the real issues behind what, what was all, what it was all about right away. Um, understood that probably the most interesting and, and, and also a critical point of view to adopt and to develop in that film could be the one of um, revealing a bit of of a, of a reality of a daily life reality of buildings of that sort which are only mediatized to what Ila was saying before a sort of fairy tale or a sort of fiction there was mm. a, a fiction elaborated through uh, the image making and uh, and we we know a lot about this. We, recently, we had very Ila had a very interesting experience working in a photographic uh, studio of architecture, in which he could really testify or test uh, be a, an observer how architectural image is a production of fake constantly. I mean, uh, totally intentionally on a common agreement based on on the expectation of the architect and uh, and the work of the photographer and the post-production of photography. It's incredible how, a, I mean, an image can be photoshopped, transformed and cut, etc., to make, to make it look a, a real photograph closer to a, a rendering than, than to reality. And so we really felt the need of introducing a sense of reality, uh, a little bit. Uh, and what we we tend to say is 
You know, there there has been in the history of painting this moment of of um, of rupture and of introducing the sense of reality or even subject that were right. represented. You know, to introduce elements of uh, hidden uh, um, that remain hidden. And uh, and so we we intended to create that sort of uh, uh, of rupture in the representation of architecture, and so we couldn't find a better topic than the one of maintenance and the figure of Guadalupe, the the lady, the caretaker of this house, who was also a, a fantastic uh, lady right. with a right great character so she was really a sort of leading figure for that film with a lot of humor so we thought that breaking the rules and introducing this sense of reality could be done also thanks to humor and and, and sort of lively approach yeah I've heard you say multiple times the the sort of Churchill quote, we shape our buildings and then our buildings shape up and that you have this sort of update to this, which I think you're speaking to right now, which is the way we represent our buildings shape the way we build. And so in Cool House House Life, we follow Guadalupe and sort of see the lived experience, the maintenance, the upkeep. And that is sort of a, a, a framework that you've used following a single person, following sort of how the building is is you know, kept up. I think this idea of mock-ups and renderings is really fascinating and how you can sort of fake all of this. And it, it makes me wonder, sort of, do, do you see your films as a type of architecture criticism? You know, are you, are, are you trying to have people sort of see these buildings in new ways? Or how do you sort of see this? How do you sort of see your work in relationship to architecture discourse at large, I guess, is the question I'm, I'm asking. Yes, it could be, if you mean a criticism, uh, the, 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 the effort we can do to try, yeah. try to create a kind of balance between uh, uh, the image that we create and the imaginary that uh, even the young architects or ordinary architects have in mind when they they make a project uh, and uh, the, the something that is real yes it, it means uh, mm -hmm. that you try to 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 give another layer that is not only because we 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 always have just one layer it's like in fashion in fashion no in uh, mm -hmm. when you see the um, the catwalk and all the, these beautiful girls with beautiful dresses no and everyone is dreaming uh, to be like them but uh, the reality at the end is not that you cannot be like them and so you you live in a kind of frustration of not being something that you would like to be and uh, when uh, when you are young uh, then you you are dreaming to be like this they are your model no you have uh, you have something in mind mm. or imaginary is this and so you will live uh, until the day you will say, oh, I'm not like this, so I'm very sad, I'm not, right. it's not my right. life. And, and the architecture is the same, because if you, if you see, if you watch uh, in, a, in a, everywhere, in, 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 the, in the, the representation of architecture, in the Instagram, uh, for example, now I know that all the students today, they have the knowledge they have uh, about architecture through Instagram, for example. All the images you see in Instagram is the, uh, are the images. They are 
shut during 20 minutes during the golden light at the, at the, <laughs> at, at the end of the day. And, right. after, and after that, uh, every picture has been worked for two days from a, a, a army of people that are redressing, right. redressing all the lines, uh, putting effects uh, and changing all the defects. So at the end, the image that you have doesn't exist. No? Is that a reflect what you see in the, uh, and this create a kind of imaginary in uh, in your in your head a kind of world world when you think the other people live inside and and, and your world is uh, you just watch outside the window and you say ah I'm I'm not the lucky the lucky one because I'm right. I'm living in a, in a shitty world that is not right. reflecting that beautiful world that is that so I understand we need to dream of a better world but this is a better completely fake world no? so we need to see more uh, uh, people uh, dressed in a normal way with a little or a little bit of belly or the, all the of no, the normal people i think we need to see normal people now in fashion and right. we, we also need a lot to see uh, normal lights rain uh, or something also mistakes errors and uh, i don't know many many problems if you are you we we every time we get we give a lecture we give a lecture uh, we start by a list of things that we wanted to have in, in a mm-hmm. film about uh, representation in architecture and if you see this list there's many things that you never you will never see in a in a film in architecture because it's something that, that no one's who pays the films about architecture? Right. What uh, who who is who, who pays for that? Uh, normally, it's the architects or the owner. Right. You know? And so, obviously, I study architecture. I know that making architecture is so complicated because you need a lot of money, you know, like in cinema, making films. And so, so you don't want to to right. stop, you don't want to pay a photographer that is making a, a, taking a photograph of your building in the in the best shape. You know? That's obvious, obvious. But uh, the problem when we started to make uh, films like this, we 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 immediately said, okay, let's make a. Uh, a film about uh, the space, the relationship we can have with the space, but in an honest way, not not uh, not uh, pretending that uh, we live in a so beautiful, beautiful world. But everyone's not only the architects or the owners, even the students, even everyone in the world yeah. wants to see beautiful pictures. No? So we want this, but we we at the end we don't find this in our normal world, and this creates a kind of frustration. And uh, it's a, it's a frustration. It's the same frustration when you see all your friends in Instagram. They are all happy. Exactly. Yeah. In Instagram, they, everybody, in Instagram, everybody is happy. And you know the guy that is very sad guy. No, is he, <laughs> he has a lot of problems. You know because he, he calls you every time. Every day, <laughs> just, I'm so sad. I'm not there. And at the end, you see his account, Instagram accounts. And if you don't know him personally, if you think is the happier guy in the right. world right so, so we have two two we we live in two completely different world completely disconnected there's a big gap the same gap that i found uh, during my studies and in reality today is, is is even stronger than before so what we try to to to, to do with our work is say don't be frustrated because the world is not like that it's not that it's just a, a fake one is a, right. Uh, so, 
try to, to be happy, happy anyway. I mean, it's interesting to me because, you know, to go back to your first film for a second, that is something that you had a connection to, you had a lived experience. And in your film since, you have worked in, you've shown buildings that, you know, maybe are less personal. You've you've increased your scale up to the side, you know, of cities. How do you, can you talk about how you start up? project? Do you go in with a building? Do you go in with an idea or an argument? How do you start to sort of articulate these ideas when that personal connection is maybe a little bit more removed? Yeah, let's say that initially the way we started uh, was um, after Carlos House Life, we understood that there was such a potential with this film considering the there's a great public response to that film. So we thought mm-hmm. we should develop further uh, th- that approach on other kind of buildings uh, or other the scales, let's say. So that's why we kept, we developed the same approach on uh, five or seven films, I don't remember exactly, on with a series uh, mm-hmm. called Living Architectures. And this uh, was intended to um revert those habits of representation taking mainly as topics buildings that were the ones of our uh, architectural landscapes at that time let's say uh buildings made by architects that really made the mediatic attention or the 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 one that were the leading figures of that period and uh so that was creating a sort of of line in the choice of the buildings. And then we moved on bigger scales or even bigger scales, yes. And each time um, uh, we, we are also responding to uh, art, art commissions from museums, etc., which sometimes, such as the Barbican in London, mm-hmm. uh, proposes some challenging uh, projects such as depicting the life of the Barbican uh, for the anniversary. It was very interesting uh, challenge. And so uh, let's say that we are trying to lead the personal research uh, facing sometimes um, production issues. So we cannot film everywhere we want, obviously, because the way we produce films implies a very uh, also demanding um, opening or disposition to the place we shoot in. So because we we really immerse ourselves in the life of a place, and so it requires a certain collaboration <laughs> from the people mm, mm-hmm. there. Right. Once again, just to underline, we actually... Uh, we actually don't make films about a building in a descriptive way, but we are the, what we are interested in is to understand how architecture impacts the people who live or who relate to that place uh, on a daily basis. So let's say the living community of a, of a building. And um, so that's, that's the target. It's not just to make stairs of a building, but it's really to discuss how an architecture will influence the life of the people living there. So it really requires the participation of, of people in an active way. 
and and this cannot be done uh, everywhere or in like any kind of context or yeah this question is going to sound like a, a criticism or or that I'm disagreeing with you and I'm not. I'm I'm completely on board with everything you're saying, but I'm wondering if you could talk about the role of editing these films and how you think about shaping them and the stories you're telling and the narrative and and the other piece to this is I I was really struck in watching your movies about the the audio component. Neil, you mentioned music being important to you, both the the soundtracks and also just the the sounds that we hear. And I, I wonder how you think about that editing, the addition of music and sounds and narrative, how that either complicates or adds to this idea of showing reality as opposed to showing fiction. Do you think about that at all in your work, about sort of the, the, the truth of the story when you're in the editing room? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yes, I can say ab- about uh, very technical things about <laughs> the, the editing. The editing for us was from the beginning was uh, a very big question because we yeah. we we immediately started to think about uh, how to make a film. So we didn't study make uh, filmmaking, so we didn't know how to make a film. So we we <laughs> we approach the, the cinema in a completely different way as we do for. Uh, but uh, from the beginning, we had an idea that we wanted not absolutely not to use all the the strategies that cinema has the tricks. and the tricks that uh, cinema has. Yeah. What, what are these strategies or these tricks? Is that like uh, writing or, or telling a story? You no, know? you there's uh, there's some uh, rules that uh, that people are writing for cinema they know very well. And how we are, how we, we like a lot cinema films. Uh, we know now very well how to use this kind of strategies. For example, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have to explain it because everyone knows. But uh, uh, you, you have to to write very well the characters and having uh, at the, in the mm-hmm. middle uh, a, a tragedy at the end. Uh, with uh, resolution and uh, things like this, even uh, so, we, we we wanted not to use this kind of structure because uh, uh, having studied uh, architecture, I'm, I was very interested in the structure of a film, and we wanted to use a completely different structure that also mm-hmm. in that in that uh, case were, uh, were much closer to the reality. And what is closer to the reality in terms of structure is the memory. So we wanted to, mm. to build our films like a memory works. And so we, we, we discovered, uh, studying a lot uh, about the, how, how, how memory works, that uh, as you can, you, you can imagine, the memory is, it works by fragmentation. So you have a, a little, uh, right. when you go inside in a place, for example, we were very interesting from the beginning for the spatial, spatial memory. And when you go inside a building or a city, for example, and you go back uh, to the hotel uh, or the home, you you will not have uh, your memory. Your memory of the of you what you did during the day is not like a film. It's like a, a, some little fragments that are much stronger or even uh, or, or less strong. And mm-hmm. so you have a kind of collection of moments. And this collection of, of moments is not related by a logical uh, consequence of, uh, of the, it's, a, it's not in a timeline, but uh, it's a kind of uh, um, 
mind map. No, we call it mind map because it's right. related to the mind. And so this kind of mind map related to different uh, fragment fragments uh, of your memory that you have creates creates your memory of that place. If you think about that moment one month later, these fragments are a little bit less, but are, are, are completely confused. They are not in, in the order, they are not in the chronological order. They are completely right. confusing your mind in some right. places that you have to go there to take it uh, uh, again uh, to, to, to think about it. So we wanted to create a film like this, and uh, this was a very big problem from the beginning because uh, in the, when you watch a film, obviously you have a chronological order. No? You have a, something mm-hmm. that happened before and something after. <laughs> but uh, we said, okay, let's create a kind of collection of moments. So when we go inside the space, I see. we just collect moments like this, fragments. We don't know why, but we are totally, completely free to film everything. We film everything we, is important for us. And after that, we try to recreate a kind of uh, disorder in the film. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you watch this, uh, this film, you are in a kind of disorder com- constructed by little fragments. If you have watched our film, first film called Southlife, that is the, a kind of matrix for us in the sense, sense that all the other films, even today, we are structuring them like this. It's, uh, it's, you, you can... Is is made by twenty five. I, I I think twenty five little fragments. If uh, today I take them and I I randomly I change the the, the, the order, the film will be maybe a little bit different, but will be also uh, a, a film that is is the same. The, the experience yeah. that you will have will be the, the, the same. Why this? Because uh, there's no there's no um, there's no will to explain something. Uh, uh, something that uh, I have to say to, to you. It's just a sharing an experience by little fragments. And so for, this was for us a way also to, to, to be much free uh, from the, the, the language of cinema. So we wanted to be very free for, uh, from the language of architecture, but making a film, we wanted also to free ourselves from the language, from the structure of, uh, of cinema. So we made this kind of uh, hybrid. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's very, maybe, and, and we discovered something, just to finish, we discovered something incredible uh, with our first film, that uh, it works very well. So because, uh, uh, because the attention also is... Uh, is last for two, three, four, nine, five minutes. Yeah, and right. You change it and you, you have a new one, a new one, a new right, one. Right. And this kind of structure, if you talk about this structure uh, with someone that is producing cinema, he will never make a film like this because he will say, I, I don't have this, I don't have this, I don't have this. But at the right. end, it works very well. It works very well. Right. And we discovered that we, we did this much more in an extreme way with our films about the city that are called Homo Urbanus. And the Homo <laughs> Urbanus is a kind of fragmentation, much more <clears throat> fragmented. And, uh, and we discover, incredibly, we discover that people stay for three, four hours watching right. this film. And uh, with, with, no, with no seconds, that there's no a timeline, there's no a story, there's no story, there's no timeline, there's no uh, developing a story. So there's not anything about what normally cinema uses for for keep your attention and people stay for three four hours just watching 
this right. kind of uh, fragmentation. So I think we maybe, maybe I hope for, we touch a little bit of uh, the structure of our memory with this kind of structure. It's really interesting to me, and it's interesting that, to use that word structure, which is a very architectural word also. And I'm wondering if you think about these films and the editing process as a type of architecture or as a type of architectural process also. And I'm thinking about what you said at the beginning of this conversation, that there's a lot of architects who don't actually make buildings anymore. Is, this, is there still something architectural in your process in these films? But this is completely yeah. But I, I think this is my 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 problem because I, I, I study architecture. So I'm yeah. putting. We also made our films starting from a, a little scale and going to the yeah. wider scale scale like the. And this is typical from one that I study architecture. I know this, but in a sense, we are building a kind of uh, new different structure with with the films. Yeah, in in the editing, the editing is a. Is the construction site of the film, no? right? Uh, like, <laughs> right. And so, but but we we are making something that uh, I don't know if you can do it really in architecture. Maybe yes. Maybe it could be interesting. We are kind. We are trying to build something that is is maybe closest closer to to our mind, how uh, how mm-hmm. how we use our our mm-hmm. our memory, our mind, our our way of thinking. We all almost we try to do this. I don't know if it works, but. Uh, it's, a, it's interesting for us because we are completely free from uh, from the cinema industry and the architecture yeah. too. So it's a, it's a good thing, but it's also it could be also a bad thing because we, we don't belong <laughs> don't belong to many films, and this could be also a problem. It is a problem, but in the sense we 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 gain of a lot of freedom of doing this. So we can try things that the other people cannot because otherwise. You are not uh, accepted. In, uh, for example, in, in, this, in the field of cinema, we are not we are not accepted because we don't do things that you have to do. I watched the talk that you recently gave at Columbia, um, and you mentioned in there that you're working on a book right now called "The Emotional Power of Space," which is a converse, a book of conversations with architects. And I'm wondering how that changes your process working in a different medium like this, working conversationally. Has that changed how you think about your work? And what do you want to do in book form that maybe you can't do in cinema? Mm. Yeah, I, actually, it's not the first book we did. We we made uh, at the beginning of our practice. We found that the book was a very good uh, vehicle uh, of diffusion of our films so that because also have a practice of photography and we were were writing like uh, diaries shooting diaries during films Ah. at the beginning we we published i think seven books or something like that for the first films and then the editing the 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 publishing activity became a bit heavy (laughs) too To, yeah, uh, I bet. Well, and so we slowed a little bit down the process. But now, yes, we let's say that it's a continuation also of a of a series of uh, discussion we we led when we were teaching at the AA school in London, and we had this uh, seminar uh, with which we invited a lot of uh, extraordinary guests to to discuss about observation 
And mm. as we brought uh, to that seminar many people from different fields and uh, let's say gathering together people of great sensibility. And we enjoyed very much this uh, uh, ability of uh, bringing uh, together to discuss about a common topic, people from different fields and backgrounds and um, and so based on that, we elaborated this, uh, this book project, Gathering Architects on the Architect. At, at the beginning, it was intended to be um, bringing together artists and architects, but now it's only 12 architects mm. dealing with the question of the emotional power of, of space in the sense that we, we uh, lead these architects from many different uh, cultures and also generations uh, to discuss not only about how they uh, personally experience and sense space uh, on an almost physical uh, level, because it's, it's very interesting that usually you can read many biographies and books about architects well-known, such as uh, Alvaro Siza or mm. Jacques Herzog, uh, etc. But mm -hmm. you hardly get to know... Uh, their personal understanding. I mean, you know everything uh, about their work, but not much about them as individuals and also right. them as sensitive individuals. <laughs> right. That's the, the the real topic of that book is, um, as Ila was saying at the beginning, is to replace human sensibility at the forefront of our understanding of architecture. And so that's the, 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 the let's say, the, the key of that book was to bring all these architects to open a little bit their, their intimacy to us and discuss about how their sensibility to space uh, developed and, and how it was, how it... Um, grew in their life and, and how they they perceive, they sense, they experience space and then how they uh, mm -hmm. uh, they develop in their own work their personal sensibility. So it was a very, very interesting process also to uh, yeah. bring these people also to probably discuss uh, in a way that they were not so used to. Right. Which, uh, yeah, hearing you say that, it, in a way, it felt very much like an extension of the films, um, you know, sort yeah. of peeling back those layers, peeling back the artifice, the fictions in some way, getting to the, the reality. I want to very briefly talk about teaching. Teaching has come up a few times in this conversation, and I'm wondering about um, how teaching sort of fits into your work and what you take from from teaching and then also what architecture students can learn from film and filmmaking. Uh, you know, not all of them will go and do the type of work you do, but it seems like there's some value in learning how to, uh, you know, think filmically in some way uh, for an architecture student. Can you just talk a little bit about sort of your approach to teaching and how you sort of think about it? Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, let's say that I, I would see our uh, teaching experience 
about filming like a, a little bit of an excuse. It's a kind <laughs> of uh, a trick that we use to go inside the schools, but uh, we, we really don't teach how to make a film. Right. It's not, it's not at all what we are teaching. Right, about. right, right. I didn't mean to, to, to say you're like, hey, here's how you hold a camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Te- technically, we, we don't say anything. So, <laughs> okay. Just thinking about the last one that we just finished in, finished in, in, in Switzerland, in Montrezio. They, they, they made film with the telephone and uh, they, they edited the film with uh, an, an application in the telephone. So mm. really, really, this is not the, the, the aim. This is not the point. What is interesting for us is, is taking, making a film uh, like an excuse to, to be much more aware about the, your feelings. Yep. Uh, yep. And the, for example, uh, in this last uh, workshop that was very, very interesting in Mendrisio, the, the topic was tuning tuning with space. So what is tuning your body with the space when you enter in, in the space and how to do mm. it? This is just the, just the topic is a question about, uh, about what discussing during the, 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 the course, you know, the course. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, talking about this is just something extremely important for us and uh, for the students. And after that, you can make a film about this, but uh, we are completely open to everything else. For example, for example there's uh, someone that is making an animation or someone else uh. writing the text or someone else is just making some photographs. So the medium is not really our problem. Is uh, What is interesting is what is the reflection that uh, a student is making right. about this, uh, this this topic. And the topic was very interesting this year because tuning, tuning with the space is uh, something that you, you don't know what doesn't mean. No? <laughs> and, yeah, and this is interesting because uh, I can understand for for you that you're maybe you're not an architect, but uh, an, an architect, a student of architecture of the last year because this, this is a master, second, second year of master. Okay. So okay. they are, they are, next year they will be architects, so they are ready to be architects. Right. And uh, I, I find really uh, surprising that they don't know to explain what is tuning with the space. And uh, mm-hmm. because they are the expert of space, no? You are supposed, when you are uh, finish your school of architecture, you are supposed to be the, the big expert of space because uh, uh, like you, have a, you are a doctor, uh, people call you, call you. Right. Call you because you have a problem with your body, and but if you have a problem with the space of creating a space, you call an architect. So he's the doctor of the space. Right. So, so this is what we like in, in teaching. It's like uh, is uh, <clears throat> pushing a little bit the borders of, uh, and the limits of uh, the, the, the 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 school of architecture and talking about uh, things that. That you normally don't do. Yeah, I love that. I think I, I, in a, in a weird way, that sums up so much of what we're talking about today. It's about observing. It's about noticing. It's about feeling. It's about sort of being attuned to all of these interactions that happen. So I think this is a good way to ask my final question, which is the question I used to end all of these. Usually, I ask what people are reading right now, and I am curious what you're reading, but I'm also curious about what you both are watching um and so what are what are some of the 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 books or the films or the you know cinema that you're watching and consuming and reading right now actually we are preparing a new project which is which leads us to 
not making films anymore, <laughs> but uh, it's oh, a very interesting project which uh, uh, will uh, help us to explore and expand our field of ac action in a very broad way. Uh, and, and we will um, collaborate with an Italian uh, biologist who is ah. a specialist of uh, uh, the intelligence of plants. And so we are fully immersed in those questions of uh, um, botanic and, uh, and the neuro neuroscience of plants, if we can call it this way. So this is a bit the topic we are digging oh, right now. And, but it's it's very exciting because uh, yeah for the first time we'll do a big uh, project which will involve more sound and mm. and, uh, and 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 the transformation of the scale in which you observe the world which surround us because I think you you mentioned it in your concluding words now that uh, observation is one of the big topic we we. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, let's say inquire and I think also it's interesting to be in that dynamic of observation but also to question uh, the tools and the scale in which you observe the world and so that's that last project we which will present we will be presented at the Venice Biennale is about mm. the scale in which we look at things around us and in particular we're at nature and changing the scale Reducing it to the microscopic scale will uh, help us also to develop more uh, humility, probably. Right, <laughs> right. And that we do not control everything as humans. Elon Louise, thank you so much for doing this. I thought this was a, a really wonderful conversation. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so thank you. much. This episode was recorded on February 27th, 2023. Our theme music is by Andy Borgasani. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Surface Podcast. You can support the show on Patreon and find previous episodes where you get your podcasts at scratchingthesurface.fm. Thanks for listening.